Hello, everyone. This is Shefalina Z and Holly Verbeck today. And we're doing a different podcast and different video today. Uh, we are talking to Holly because she's owner and founder of a business called Make Your Business Cook, uh, which is a business for private chefs, personal chefs. And um, yesterday I got a question from someone, how do you get started in chef business? Asking me. And I said, well, funny enough, we're going to be talking about this on a podcast that I'm recording tomorrow. So I'm super excited it's tomorrow. And we'll talk about that. And also we're going to talk about in this podcast, if you are looking for a private chef, what to look for. And I'll share my tips and Holly will share hers. And uh, funny thing you should know about both of us, uh, Holly doesn't cook, <laughs> which is something that people get surprised, but she's a business person and her husband is a chef. So she understands both sides. And I come from a business background where I didn't cook either. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't even know how to peel a shallot. Actually, I did not know you have to peel a shallot to make it into in a soup. So uh, we know both spectrums and I can understand people who don't cook and see where they're coming from. And I have been a private chef now for 11 years and I've been in the food industry for 15. So we'll, you know, I want to get Holly's um, expertise on this, Holly's advice for those of you who are starting out, thinking about starting out, or for those of you who are thinking of hiring a chef. So let's get started. Welcome, Holly. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, the question that I got yesterday, which was so appropriate, uh, someone says, hey, I'm thinking of starting a private chef business. Like, where do I even start? And of course, I had millions of ideas, but I thought, you know what? I want to ask you as a professional who actually hires chefs, staffs chefs. So what are your tips and tricks of the trade? Well, I think that one of the things that's most important when I have initial conversations with people who want to start their chef business is what not to do instead of what to do. Okay. Because people really start filling their basket of, oh, I've got to build a website. Oh, I need to have a logo. Oh, I've got to have a business name. I need to print business cards. And these are all the different things that um, uh, don't need to take place in order for you to start getting profitable. And so there's a bigger list of what things you don't do than the list of things that you should do. So we should talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so I like to use the analogy of a, um, a kid in a lemonade stand. So people say, oh, there's all these things that I need to do. And um, yet every kid who's ever run a lemonade stand didn't say, oh, I need to go get a business license. I need to notify the town. I need to you know, get my tax number. <laughs> I need to you know, have my business cards made up. They just like grab your mother's you know, picture and lemons and they make some lemonade and they go out there and they use their cutesiness that's that and that's their unique differentiating factor is they're really cute and they go out there and they start selling lemonade and so i'm always amazed at the number of things that we put in front of ourselves as barriers before getting started people do that with diets they do it with exercise they do it with business right yeah well you know i don't know does being cute uh play a big role in starting your own chef business <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest thing I think, and we can talk about that later, is that, you know, when it comes to what you really do want to do is understand that the differentiating factor is you in your business. True. It's not the fact that you make chicken, because the truth is we can get pretty good chicken in an awful lot of places. And so the way you're going to separate yourself in your business, whether you're a hairstylist or whether or not you're a chef, is by being you in a unique way. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, people, when they ask me about um, what makes me different, and uh, one of the things, you know, it's my integrity, my trustworthiness, my personality, how I cook, the energy that I bring to food, you know, my unique way of like blessing the food, talking to food, playing happy music, you know, just the energy that I bring, I think is important. And then ultimately, actually, I think on energetic level, it changes the vibration of the food and how people feel when they eat the food. And, uh, you know, listing, I think it's very important, my, again, in my opinion, to list things that what is it that you do bring to the table, you know, pun intended, as a person, you know, not the business cards, not the website, but what is it that you actually bring? Why hire you? What is expertise? What is your approach? Um, do you have the integrity? Do you have the trustworthiness? Because, you know, when it really comes down to food, I think it's so, so personal, like you're creating something with your hands that people put in their bodies and that food becomes their cells, their organs, you know, their blood. And it's such a personal, a really, really personal relationship. So you really want to bring good energy and um, know that this is what you're bringing. And I think a very important question is to really love it, to really, really love it because I, I started doing it because I loved it, not because of any other reason, but I just wanted to make people feel good. You know, it was well, never about me, about them. And, and you're speaking my language. You bring such a magic and a beauty to your audience with what it is that you do. And when we look at what chefs do, often they think of, I want to be creative. I want this to be my outlet to be creative. But what we really understand is that when we're being of service to people, we're bringing them medicine. We're bringing them yeah what it is they need to nourish their souls and their spirits, whether it's because you provide them with more freedom and more time or the opportunity for their families now to be more connected because you're not distracted. There's so many benefits to having a private chef in your home, helping you on a day-to-day -day basis or with your parties. But there's also, um, uh, it's also really important for people who are in business as an independent chef to understand that it's not the chicken that they're providing. It's yeah. this magic. It's this it's the transformation magic. that they're providing, this found time that they're providing people. So the benefits isn't, it goes far beyond just the food. You know, I think what really helped me in the beginning, because I was, um, when I was starting out, I had great success with clients. And then I had this moment about two years into it, I started doubting myself, like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? And I thought, let me write down all the things that I actually bring and all the best uh, things that happened to my clients. What were the benefits of working with me? And I saw, okay, this client felt better. This client healed. This client lost weight. This client got their time back. Like all of those benefits are super important to list. So I think if you are starting out a business, a very tangible thing to do is to list all of the things to inspire you sure. to start it and to really focus on bringing that to the table. And um, remember how much you're going to save people in terms of time and money yeah. and going out, right? Oh, and yeah. How much healthier your life is going to be when you've got that added time, because that extra time then gives you the opening to fold other things into your life, whether that's bringing music into your life or more healthful sleep. It, it just it, it snowballs the moment we start elevating our lives yeah. and and inviting in 
more of what we want for a fully, you know, um, for a full life. Yeah. And I think the only thing that everybody has in common, no matter how much money you have is the time. Everybody has the same amount of time in a day. So if somebody gives you extra time, that's really valuable. So once somebody came up with the list of things that they can provide, what, what do they do? I mean, I know I can share what I've done, but tell me from your professional experience, like, so you have your lemonade stand, sort of speak, you have the list of qualifications. How do you get your clients? Well, I think that's one of the top questions that people ask me. So chefs ask, well, how do I set my prices? Uh, how do I know if I need an LLC and how do I get clients? Those are the top three questions that so many businesses have. And, um, and, and it's no different for chefs. And so what I want to tell them is how important it is to start lean and stay profitable mm. because so many people think they've got to have all these other things set up in advance. And all that's doing is putting you in a hole before you can even begin. And there really isn't anything that stops you from talking to all of your friends and family, all of your networking connections that are right around you saying, I have the way that I can change lives. You know, I can help you start and stick with a diet, or I can help you reach peak performance as an athlete through nutrition, or I can help your family figure out what to eat. Yeah. If you're transitioning because of one person's recent diagnosis from celiac, you know, and, and they go like, well, what am I supposed to eat then? If I can't eat this, this, right. this, this, right? Yeah, so, um, so the first thing I would recommend to people is that you really commit yourself to starting lean and staying profitable. And that means you should be reaching out to customers and you should be cooking. If you're yeah. doing anything else, building a website, starting your blog, it's way too soon for that sort of stuff. So number one, start lean and stay profitable. Number two, focus on getting clients now. And you do that by being beautiful, magical, wonderful you and talking to people. So you have to have a really clear and compelling message about how you're going to talk to people about what you do and what problem that solves yeah. for them. You know, it's interesting. I started my business. I didn't even plan on being a private chef. I just wanted to go to cooking school to learn how to make food when I would do talks and uh, you know speeches or whatever about health. And then I met a celebrity and I was just really excited about what I just learned. And she hired me to cook for her. And I just said, yes. And then I came home like, okay, how do I figure it out? How do I actually do it? But I was so that's, doing those that's things. That's like the hallmark of, of starting lean and staying profitable. Exactly. You're passionate and you just said, all right, I'll figure it out. You got a yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, um, talking about being cute, um, I wasn't always as cute. I was overworked. I wasn't happy. I was doing something that I was having fun in, but I didn't feel like I was contributing to the world. And that didn't light up the spark in me. And once I started doing that, that's when I think I became cute, you know, so to speak, because I had that light because I was making a difference. And because I was doing what made me happy to help people, I uh, start talking to that person and I never really sold myself to them I just shared what I was doing and then they asked me hey can you cook for me which actually brings me to something that is the number one thing in marketing that I want everybody to remember in your business it's never about you it's mm -hmm. never about you it's about them it's about the client is how can you help the client make their right. lives better and um, you know if you're starting to think if you want to be a private chef I've worked with different chefs. I had sous chefs and um, a huge thing is you have to put your ego 
far, far away. It's not an ingredient that's going to make you successful because it's not about how you want to cook something. It's not about how you want to serve something. It's not about what you want to eat or you, what you want to prepare or what your favorite things are. Those are great things to have, of course, but ultimately it's about the client. If a client says they want the gluten-free and soy-free, you have to figure out how to make it and you have to be happy doing that. And if a client gives you somebody else's recipe, my clients do that all the time. They're like, hey, I want to try this recipe. I want to try that recipe. Can you just make it soy-free or gluten-free or dairy-free? And I was like, oh, of course, I'm so happy. I'm so happy they chose me and they gave me trust. They give me the trust daily to make something for them. And it's never about me. It's about and how so can you, I serve? Right. And so you get to play in your work. You get to create. Exactly. You know, people think, oh, that will stifle me, right? Because I need to be able to show my creativity. You'll get that opportunity. Exactly. But you first have to know who is your ideal client? What magic can you provide that makes you so passionate that you could talk for hours about it without ever stopping? You know, yeah. what is it that you could do that it doesn't feel as much like work as all the other things we have to do in life yeah. and that you could talk about endlessly? And now can you shut your mouth enough to figure out how to find those people so they can tell you what their problems are? Right. So they can tell you what they're struggling with and what they need. And then you can empathize with them. You can make a, a meaningful connection with them and talk to them about what it is they're looking for and how what it is that you do meets that solution for them. And bam, you're not even in sales anymore. Right, exactly. I think we're not really in sales, we're in problem solving and helping people and you know it's a it's an amazingly rewarding job when your clients text you and they say oh my god this food was amazing oh my god i feel so good i had a client who had a horrible crohn's disease flare we started working together and it went away when we started working together right. and when clients when i would go you know vacation come back they're like oh my god i'm so excited about alina food but it's really uh, it's rewarding because it's about them it's about helping them so focusing on that i think is such a big key and I think one of the most important things, and you brought it up here when you mentioned Crohn's disease, is that when you pick a specialty, you know, when you niche down, there's a lot of different phrases for it, but it's like the one inch mile. Like I'm going to own this mile that's one inch wide. I'm not going to have fear of missing out and say, oh, I can do this. Oh, yeah, I can do box lunches. Oh, I can do catering. Sure, I can do weddings. You know, our local business, weddings are not where it's at for us. That's not who we serve. And we're so clear about who our clients are that it's really easy then, um, you know, to be passionate about helping them, uh, to come up with more solutions for them. And, um, and I don't have to make things up about, well, I should, you know, find this way to reach out to these clients and, and come up with some campaign, uh, a, a campaign. I'm just so passionate about the specific kind of people that I'm serving that it's easy to reach them because yeah. word, word spreads. So if you have a specialty of helping busy families and busy moms, or it could be single dads who don't know how to cook and need a helping hand. Um, it, it doesn't, and, and whether it's a medical issue and you're truly bringing medicine with your food or, uh, or you're helping people entertain because they have philanthropic goals. Yeah. The minute you get really specific about who you're helping, then you're not just feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm burning myself out and working so hard serving others and exhausting yourself, but exactly. you're actually fueling one another. It's very rewarding. And you know, it actually segues really good to the other question we want to talk about is if you are looking to hire a chef, you know, what to look for. I think that's what you should look for. You should look for someone who is 
excited about helping fix a problem that you have. So find if you're looking, if you're a busy mom who needs a chef to come in to cook meals for the kids and for yourself, look for someone who says, I'm so excited to help busy moms. Or if you have Crohn's disease or whatever ailments, look for chefs who actually either went through that or are specializing in that, they have education in that. It's important to find someone who is a fit because that person is going to be in your kitchen, you know, and it's a very personal Right. Like a housekeeper is one thing. I need somebody to come and clean my house. It might be another thing if you're uh, sensitive to electromagnetic magnetic frequencies and cleaning chemicals. So then you need a special kind of um, house cleaner. Right. But when you're looking for a chef, you don't just look for somebody who says they can come over and cook. You're really looking for what's the next level and unfolding of you that you want to be. And, and what kind of partnership do you need so that somebody can help you get there with more ease and more quickly than you could get there on your own? Yeah. And, and you named some of those things already, Lena, about um, you know having them put aside their ego. You want to look for a chef who doesn't have an ego and isn't spending all their time selling to you and talking to you about what they can do. I call it the soft shoe dance. You know, it's just like constantly, and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. The person should be listening more than they're talking. And then another piece of advice that I have for people who are looking to invite uh, an independent chef into their world to help them reach their next level of great being is to not be um, fooled by the labels. You, you don't necessarily need somebody who's got um, a, a, um, a, a certificate from a fancy culinary school. There are a lot of people who, like you, you said you went to get more education because you had something you wanted to learn more about. And there are an awful lot of people who've become experts at things in their life and can now help you because they've gone through the dark night yeah. of the soul. Right. Yeah. yeah so, no. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's it's helpful. I have certificates. You know, I have board certified absolutely. by the Association of American Drugless Practitioners, and I went to raw food school. Sure. So I think it's important to have that, but also more so is the passion, is the knowledge. Um, and you right. know, I think it's very important because I uh, didn't have opportunity to do this once, but we hired a chef, a sous chef, to help me, and I just trusted the person who was giving me that chef. And that turned out so bad. And they worked together for two days and my clients heard us working together. They were like, yeah, this person is not going to be good for us. So we got somebody else. And I asked someone else, another person, like, have you heard of this guy? And he's like, yes, he's horrible. Like he has bad reputation. So right. uh, we, we weren't so exactly, important. we weren't told that. And uh, thank God my clients reacted quickly. We got someone else that I worked with before and it went great. Um, but it is so important to have references and to ask for references, ask for clients, ask for, I mean, of course, it's, it's really helpful. Like if I wasn't, you know, I was in different magazines and so I have different references, not just from people, but from press and that helps. But I think people get intimidated by that in me because they're just starting out. They don't have Harper's Bazaar saying that got the best diet, you know. Um, and you don't need to, if you have someone, Jane from, uh, you know, from the same neighborhood who you cooked for and you help her heal, her reference will be just as powerful. Um, but I, you know, I tell everybody starting out in business in any kind of business, I just told my sister the same thing. Uh, your reputation is all you've got, you know, your integrity, your trustworthiness, it's all you've got. And you really, really 
have to do everything with that integrity. Yeah, and it's so hard integrity. to build. So hard to build, and it takes a minute to lose it. And and I just want to comment too because I know you have such a wealth of training and education um, in in the world of detox and diets and and all of that. I just want to make sure that anybody out there that's new that's starting doesn't let a barrier come into their lives and say, "Well, I can't start doing this until I pay twenty thousand dollars to go yeah. to a culinary school." You know, there um there are plenty of people who have really good credibility because of their on the job training and their years in yeah. the field, even though they don't have a certificate. So if you're looking to bring a chef into your world, you know, as, as a, as a consumer and you're looking, you know, check, re, check references, yeah. but it's okay to start working with a chef who is just moving into the field of being an independent chef. Just don't overpay for it. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that actually brings a really good point that I wanted to mention that, of course, uh, the accolades, the education, the degrees, the expertise, that will rise your price, of course, yeah. because people are paying for that. Um, but if you're looking for hiring somebody on a budget and you want somebody who's starting out, and if you are someone who is just starting out, you know, my biggest advice, and I've done this since I don't remember how long I've been, when I just started in the, in the catering world, bringing people food to taste for free. You know, the proof is in the pudding. I remember, I'm just going to give you my little trick <laughs> that I used to do. I used to go to events when I was working for the catering company. I was VP of marketing with chocolates. I had chocolates wrapped with our logo. And I started doing that when I was starting up my business myself. I always walked around with chocolates and I would tell people, hey, you want some chocolate? Oh, it's good chocolate, good for you. And they would start eating. And then you can say, oh, I would love to cook for you as a free meal. Like that celebrity, I gave her a really good deal because a couple of days were free. I cooked for her for like a month, I think. And that gives the person who's hiring an opportunity to try the food, you know, risk-free. And for you, it gets to, you get to practice. You get to practice your cooking and you get somebody to try your food. If maybe that person doesn't hire you, they will try your food, they'll remember it and they will hire you later or they recommend someone else. But I think it's important, in my opinion, I want to see what you think, to give out like free samples of something that you've made, even if it's small. Well, I, um, I do have some opinions about that. And I feel pretty strongly about this topic because so many chefs are cooking for free and they cook for their families and they cook for every holiday instead of enjoying their own time. And so I really am a proponent of not doing things okay. for free. But, um, but I think we still have, a, have common ground here, Alina. Yeah. Uh, because I think what it is, is establishing ahead of time a partnership and an expectation with somebody for whom you're providing samples. Mm. So when we do, for instance, I work with chefs and we do a rapid business launch uh, program. And um, in that time period, we help walk chefs through what it is that they need to do so that they're not only reaching ideal customers, which is where chefs miss the mark. They're just cooking for free for people, hoping for exposure, right? But where to reach your ideal customers and how to hold an event that's a soft launch Mm. that then will give you the true exposure. Oh, that's a great idea. Because if you're asking to just have them hire you, uh, like we don't do tastings anymore with our company. We've been running Hey Chef in like Thomas since 97. And if if you don't trust the reputation and credibility that we've built. Yeah, well, you have that reputation already, right? Right. 
But right. if somebody's starting out, what I meant was just like not cook a whole meal for free, but just maybe bring them like a little sample of something. Sure. And if you've got something that can travel with samples, that's great. So chocolates is a great thing. But the chef's like, well, if I don't cook the chocolate, how does that how does that promote me? And so we've traveled before. I can always bring with me biscotti. Oh, that's because, great. Yeah. Because it holds well, right? That's it's true, shelf yeah. stable, tastes delicious. It really shows um it shows the talent of a chef. It's something that's unusual instead yeah. of just bringing chocolate chip cookies. But I really want a chef to understand that just cooking for free is part of the solution. But the, the piece that makes it successful is understanding what you hope to gain from that mm. and what exposure you can get from that. Yeah. And so we really help a chef specialize in getting every bang for their buck when they're when they're cooking for free because otherwise uh, the number of chefs that i've seen who are overworked underpaid and yeah. keep giving it away and going how come i don't get clients um then then we should talk because um it, there's so many people it, I, I talked with the chef and she said oh i held this big barbecue and i told everybody about my business and everybody said thanks and then went away mm. and she said i realized i'm paying people to eat my food i'm not yeah. getting anything from it well, then, that's what we need people like you and, um, right. you know, we need to wrap up soon, but I do want to share your information and we'll have it in the video and on the podcast to contact you for more support, um, to hire you or work with you. Um, I think it's, a, it's, it's not easy, you know, it's not easy to do this. I've never done big events for free or anything like that. Uh, mm -hmm. the, like smaller things I've done, um, like uh, I would make a class on sugar cravings, like how to end sugar cravings. I would make brownies <laughs> during the class. Here's, good, like here's a good example of one time that we do for free and people get to sample for us. In our local business here where I have a chef staffing company and where I hone these skills that I teach other chefs, um, we participate in an invitational event called Best of Tahoe Chefs. Mm. It happens every year. There are 40 chefs that are invited and we raise money for the local cancer center. Oh, what a great and, idea. Yeah. And it's attended by 400 people who spend hundreds of dollars on a ticket. That's worth me giving my free time for and giving yeah, samples for. I love that. Because I know that those are my ideal clients. So you really have to be selective about how you're working, who you're working for, and what expectation you get out of it. You know, when we do Best of Tom Chefs, we have backlinks, we get promo, we have photos taken, we get publicity before, during, and after. Yeah. So there's a, there's a real partnership that's not just here, I'm cooking. Hey, do you like it? Will you hire me? Yeah, no, I've done those things too, where it's for charity, especially for a good cause. Um, and there are people who are buying the tickets. So you are donating your time and your food, but it's a donation and people get to sample your food. And, um, you know, of course, it's a, it's not easy. You know, and I've, as we're wrapping up, I do want to say that uh, being a private chef, especially in the beginning, is challenging. Owning your own business, I think, is challenging. And the big joke is, you know, you want to escape the nine to five and become an entrepreneur. Well, then you're going to be working 24 seven. But I love it. You know, I love my job. I love what I do, even though sometimes I have to wake up super early, go to bed super late and work weekends. But I love it and highly recommend. I wouldn't recommend. do this for anybody else. Yeah. I mean, the effort that I'm putting in, I've put this effort in for other people. But to know, and, and chefs work so hard, and to, to finally be able to put that effort toward you 
um, it's a scary step because yeah. you're betting on yourself. And that requires some internal transformation of a business ownership gives you the opportunity to really grow into the next best level of you and serve others with your medicine while doing so. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Hala. What a great way to end it that we are helping. And it's also, you know, no matter how long I've been in business, it's always good to remember why I'm doing this. You know, yeah. the, the why of anything is so important because it really gives you the wings to fly and to, to make a difference. And I don't think you can ever fly when you have nine to five, unless that is something you are passionate about. Because if you're passionate about building something, creating something, and you're working at nine to five, and that gives you opportunities that a private business wouldn't give, absolutely, you know, stay with that. But I think the most important thing in life is to really live your life fully and authentically. And when you're 90 years old and you're in a rocking chair, you're going to regret not taking risks and trying. And you can always go back to your old job, I think. I mean, most times. Um, and by the way, just for full disclosure, for those who are starting out and my experience, I did not quit my job fully. I went part-time first. I went, you know, first I was part-time working um, 100% for the company, but just for them as I was getting my education. Then I was working for them part-time as I was getting clients and getting my you know, toes wet. And then I went fully in. Um, so, yeah, starting out slowly also gives you a little bit of uh, comfort and income. So, but for more information, please contact Holly. I will put your information here so anybody can contact you for ask your questions. And it's been a, such a pleasure. And thank you for helping so many people feel better because it's such a big um, snowball effect. You're helping you know, hundreds of people, those hundreds of people are going to affect another thousand, another thousand are going to affect 10,000. And, so forth so we it's a lovely way to serve and thank you for being the voice that you are alina thank you it's thank you for being here today thanks thank everyone you. thanks everyone and i'm not sure what, what i'm going to be talking in next podcast and um the great thing about this podcast is called ask alina and the videos are called ask alina so somebody asked me and we're doing it um so ask me questions or what you want me to cover next time and then we'll create a podcast and video for that so until then until then talk to you later guys Bye.